welcome to Stonebridge Online. Just before we start the service, here are some announcements and things to know. During this time of worshiping online, it's important to continue contributing to the ongoing ministry of Stonebridge. Here are the ways in which you can give. You can give online through our website at stonebridgecme.com. Click on online giving. You can give through your bank's bill pay option, or you can give by mail. If you'd like offering envelopes sent to you, please contact the church office. This coming February, we're excited to announce an all-new message series called Divine Appointments. Join Stonebridge as we engage in exciting scriptures through our community of growth groups. Experience your own spiritual blessing by facilitating a growth group virtually or help launch a new growth group. No prior experience is necessary. Sign up online through our website or the weekly newsletter. Our Board of Deacons not only helps the needy in our community through monthly donations to the Samaritan Center, Sarah's House, and Action, they also provide confidential support, encouragement, and assistance to members of our church family. And this holiday season through the Angel Tree program, the deacons were able to spread a little extra joy to many individuals and families in our community. You're invited to support the caring work of our deacons by making a special offering on the first weekend of every month. Thank you so much for your generosity. We would love to know that you're participating in worship. Continue to share your news, prayers, and praises by emailing prayers at stonebridgecme.com. Or if you're following along in version, please take the time to fill out the e-connection card. You are an important part of Stonebridge's community of faith. Once again, welcome to worship. Happy New Year, Stonebridge, and welcome to online worship. I'm Stephanie Leedy, Director of Children's and Family Ministries. Today, we continue our series entitled, Two Words That Change Everything. Pastor John will be focusing on Jesus's statement, I am the resurrection and the life. I can't think of a better way to begin this new year than with the hope that comes from this statement. For it is through Jesus and his resurrection that we are all made new. We're going to begin today's worship service with prayer. During this time, remember that our faith in Christ is based on his resurrection. After I begin our prayer, there will be a few moments of silence. During this time, I invite you to pray about the areas in your life or the lives of others that need new life and need Jesus to make them new. After our silent prayers, I will lead us in the Lord's Prayer. The words to this prayer will be on the screen and I invite you to say them out loud with me wherever you may be. Now let us lift up our prayers to the Lord. Lord Jesus, you are the resurrection and the life. Our hope is found not in our own goodness, ability, or strength, but in you. For you make all things new. So we lift up our anxieties, our grief, our hopes, and our dreams to you. For there is no one greater. Say the Lord's Prayer out loud with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, 
thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the power, the kingdom, and the glory forever. Amen.
Today's reading is from John chapter 11, verses 17 through 26. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? This is the word of the Lord. Hello, Stonebridge. This week we are continuing our sermon series entitled Two Words That Change Everything, where we are looking at these I am statements that are in the Gospel of John. That phrase, I am, Jesus uses it repeatedly in the Gospel of John to introduce us to who he is, what his character is, what it is he does. But there's so much more going on there as well. Because if you remember, all the way back in the book of Exodus, when Moses was standing there in front of the burning bush, I am was the name that God gave to Moses to tell Israel who God was and who it was that would bring them out of Egypt. So this name I am, it is associated with God. And when Jesus says, I am, and then gives us a metaphor He's not just letting us know about who he is as a human. He is claiming his status as God in human form. And then he's letting us know what we can expect from God in our lives. What God can do for each of us in our lives. And what Jesus can do for each of us in our lives. So when Jesus says, I am, it's a profound statement each time. So as we turn to the scriptures today, I invite you to join me in prayer, asking that God's Holy Spirit would help us to understand what this I am statement that we're looking at this, this week tells us about God, about Jesus, about our lives. So join me in prayer. Lord, as we turn to your scriptures, we just ask that you would open up our eyes, that we can see you more clearly, that you would open up our ears, that we could hear your word more clearly. We ask that we be able to respond by following you and having deep hope in you. Help us to understand what the resurrection is and why it is important for us. We thank you. We ask this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I am the resurrection and the life, Jesus claims. I am the resurrection and the life. It is impossible, in my opinion, to overstate how important this claim is for us as Christians. In many ways, 
I am the resurrection. This is Christian faith summarized. This I am statement from Jesus. In the setting in which it takes place, the person Jesus is talking to, because this claim, it happens in a conversation. Her name is Martha. And Martha has just lost her brother, Lazarus. Lazarus was a dear friend of Jesus's. And Lazarus had been sick for days. Jesus actually had had word that Lazarus was sick, but he delayed. Say what you want about Jesus. He's not boring, though. He knows how to create drama and create a scene. And he says that he's going to delay so that God's glory can be shown. So then Jesus comes. And at this moment in this story, Martha has come out to meet Jesus. Lazarus is dead in the tomb. He's been there for days. Martha says to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. You can almost hear the desperation in her voice. You can almost see the, the frustration and the sadness mixed together as she is telling Jesus, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. She knows that in Jesus' presence, life is found. But I don't think she totally understands who Jesus is and what it means that Jesus is the resurrection. Eventually, he does respond to her and says, I am the resurrection and the life. And it's such an important claim that Jesus is making there. I am the resurrection. When we talk about resurrection, what exactly is it that we are talking about? What does that term really mean? Well, there's actually a fairly simple definition for it that was pretty agreed upon in Jesus' day for the term that was used for resurrection. Because remember, the Bible was originally written in Greek. So in this Greek term that we translate as resurrection, it means really a new life after a period of being dead. So death does take place with resurrection. But after death, and after a period of being dead, new life is found. It was widely agreed that that was a definition of resurrection. And that that's what the New Testament is talking about when it talks about resurrection. And that's what Jesus is pointing to when he says, I am the resurrection. Jesus is saying that there is a life that takes place after death, but it's a new life. This is an incredibly important claim. Now, it is also agreed that virtually all Christians, in a couple of hundred years after Jesus' death, virtually all Christians believed two important things. One, that Jesus had actually been resurrected. That he had gone to the cross, that he had died, and he had been resurrected. And two, that Jesus' resurrection meant that we would be resurrected also. That those who place their faith in Jesus, those who God chooses to raise from the dead, those would also be resurrected, including us today. That is actually the essence of Christian faith. That's the main message of the New Testament. When I was growing up in the church, and I, I did grow up in the church, I was taught that Christian faith was the understanding that Jesus died for my sins so I would avoid hell. 
And there is truth to that. That is a part of this gospel, but focusing on Jesus' death, that's not the full story. Jesus' death is so important because it sets the stage for resurrection, and it's through his suffering that our suffering is healed also, and that our sin is, is taken away. But we have to have the resurrection to understand that Jesus overcame sin, that Jesus overcame death, and that that's what our hope really lies in. The truth that after death, resurrection takes place. That death doesn't win, resurrection does. That to me is Christian faith. That is everything that we proclaim. When you look at the New Testament, that is what pulls all of these different authors who write these different books and letters together. They all believe those two things that I mentioned. That Jesus was resurrected after he went to the cross. And that that means that we will be resurrected also. So we can have hope for that resurrection. That is Christian faith. It wasn't until my mid-twenties that this really set in for me. That I really began to believe in the resurrection. Though I had heard the language, though I had been around church, I really began to believe that the resurrection took place in my mid-twenties. And it was just through conversations and reading. And ever since that point, the resurrection has been what I hope will define my life and what I hope defines us here at Stonebridge. Because I really, truly believe that this is the most important news anyone could hear. And there's three very important aspects to the resurrection that we have to acknowledge. I think first, we have to acknowledge that the resurrection actually did happen. And what I mean is Jesus' resurrection actually took place. That is something that I believe wholeheartedly. That 2,000 years ago, Jesus of Nazareth went, went to the cross, was actually killed, and in human history, actually died and was raised from the dead. And three days later, he appeared to hundreds of people. Periodically, he appeared to his followers. And they saw him, and they all attested to this. There are many Christians today... Maybe not many. There, there are some Christians today who will say that the resurrection was just a, a myth or a story. That there's just a metaphorical or literary significance to it. That it didn't actually happen in history. But when you read the New Testament, these writings that tell us about the resurrection, they don't make any sense if that's what we think the resurrection is in the Scripture. Because the people who wrote these books in the New Testament, Paul who wrote his letters, the letters of Peter, the book of Revelation, these letters, these writings in the New Testament, it is pretty clear that the people who wrote them actually believed the resurrection happened. And not only that, they were willing to risk their entire lives for the resurrection. They all would have known if... 
it actually hadn't happened. Because it wasn't just like one person said, oh, I saw Jesus by myself, now believe me. We're talking dozens of people in instances. Overall, it was hundreds, we're told. They all said that they saw Jesus. They would all know if each other were lying, but they stuck to this. And then on top of that, they started being persecuted for this. They started being kicked out of their communities. They, they lost everything in their lives that they held dear because they believed that the resurrected Jesus had been revealed to them, that he had appeared to them. So when I look at that, I have to say, I believe them. I believe that this actually happened. I believe what they tell us about this resurrection of Jesus. So the resurrection, the Christian faith, what we see in the scriptures, what the claim is is that this actually took place in history. That's what we are asked to believe. A second important aspect to the resurrection is that there is mystery in the resurrection. While I believe it happened in history, we have to acknowledge there is so much that we don't understand about this. Jesus appeared to his followers. He let them know that he had been raised from the dead. But there's a lot of things he didn't explain. He didn't explain the mechanism by which this happened. He didn't explain what his body is like now. We look at it and you can touch his body. The Gospel of John tells us that because Thomas, we'll talk about Thomas later in this series, but Thomas doesn't believe that Jesus was actually raised. Though everybody else, the other disciples, had seen him, Thomas says, I won't believe until I touch his scars. So Jesus appears to Thomas. Thomas touches the scars. So we know Jesus has a physical body, that the resurrection is something that is physical. It can be touched. The bodies that Jesus has and the bodies that we will have, it's not just a spirit life. We don't all become mist or anything like that. We have actual bodies in this resurrection that we're hoping for. The physical world around us is restored. So we know that he has a physical body, but Jesus' body apparently is able to pass through walls. It's able to dematerialize, it seems like, because there's one story in the Gospel of John where he's in a room with the disciples and then he disappears and he's gone. He breathes the Holy Spirit on them and then he is gone. So his body can pass through physical matter. I don't understand this. There's mystery in this. There's things that we don't understand about the resurrection and we have to acknowledge that. But the truth is, there are things that we don't understand about day-to-day -day life. There is so much that we don't understand about this world. There's so much that we don't understand about how the world is held together, physical world is held together. We know that we're a bunch of atoms and molecules that are somehow bound together through this force of gravity. I mean, I don't, I'm not a physicist. A lot of you are probably smarter about this stuff than I am, but the world is mysterious. So acknowledging that there's mystery in the resurrection, to me, that's actually just acknowledging that the resurrection reflects the rest of our lives. It reflects the rest of our um, incomplete knowledge of the world. It's not a reason to say the resurrection didn't happen. And acknowledging that there's mystery, it doesn't undermine the resurrection. To me, it just makes it that much more real. Because in the same way we don't understand so much about this world, about why we are here, we also don't understand details about the resurrection and how God accomplished it. But it doesn't mean it didn't happen. And the third thing about the resurrection that I think is so important for us to understand 
is that we can't prove the resurrection took place. We also can't disprove that the resurrection took place. This claim that we as Christians embrace and proclaim to the world that Jesus was raised from the dead so we can have hope that we will be raised from the dead, it rests on testimony. It rests on the witness that we see in the New Testament. It rests on these writings, these people who clearly thought that they saw Jesus appear after he was dead. They wrote that down so that other people could believe that as well and have hope and spread that hope. And they were willing to lose their lives for this belief. They were willing to lose everything for this belief. When I go back and I look at the early church, and I don't just look at their, their belief, but I look at what the resurrection did for them in their lives, what this hope that death was only temporary did for them. And I see the way the early church interacted. It makes belief in the resurrection that much more appealing to me. The early Christians, they were famous for recognizing the dignity of all human beings. In an early church, you would have slaves there. You would have rich people there. You would have different ethnic groups coming together, being bound together by the fact that they believe that Jesus was raised from the dead and that they would be raised from the dead. And they knew that in the resurrection, all people were equal before God. So whatever distinctions human beings drew, those don't matter for people who believe in the resurrection. When I look at the early church, I see poor people being taken care of. I see generosity. I see communities lifting each other up. Early on in the church's history, the city of Rome experienced a plague. And everybody who could abandoned Rome and abandoned those who were sick. Except for the early Christians. They stayed behind and they cared for those who were sick. Because they knew that Jesus was the life, so they had to help preserve life. And they knew that Jesus was the resurrection, so they weren't afraid of death. And that actually helped the church to grow because those who saw the way the Christians um, helped in the, in the plague there, they knew there was something real to this belief. There was something tangible that changed your life when you believed that Jesus was raised from the dead. It's that testimony that helps me to believe the resurrection also. It's the fact that they were willing to give their lives, but then it's also the way the belief in the resurrection changed their lives. When I say they, I'm talking about the early church. And we see in the scriptures why they believed what they believed. So that's what we're talking about when we're talking about resurrection. And when Jesus says, I am the resurrection, and I am the life, that's what Jesus is pointing to. That's what this I am statement is telling us, is that in Jesus, life is found. And in Jesus, hope for resurrection is found. But there's another aspect to the statement that Jesus makes that we have to acknowledge. Because Jesus says, I am the resurrection. Martha, in the conversation that Jesus is having, she actually starts to push forward in, in time. She says, I know my brother will be raised at the last day of the resurrection. So she believes that the resurrection will happen at the, end of the at the end of time, in the future. 
But Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection. He's letting her know that wherever he is, resurrection is possible. That she doesn't have to just wait. She doesn't need to wait till the end of days to see her brother again. But Jesus is going to make it happen right then. And for us as Christians, we have to recognize signs of resurrection happen around us. Jesus is at work in this world. The resurrected Christ that the New Testament proclaims, he is at work in our lives now. And when we look around, we can see new life sprouting up. We can see God restoring things. We can see the kingdom of God breaking into the world, resurrection breaking into this world, giving us signs so that we can have hope for what God is going to do when Jesus returns. We can start to look for resurrection now. So while we place our hope in the future resurrection to come when Jesus returns, we also look around at the world we see today and see signs of resurrection. Signs that can sustain our hope, that can spread our hope. And as the church, we create communities centered on resurrection so that people can experience the hope that we see in us and people can know that Jesus is the resurrection through us as a community. My prayer for Stonebridge is that we would be a community defined by the resurrection of Jesus. Now, when people think about Stonebridge, they think those are the people who actually think Jesus was raised from the dead. They actually think we're all going to be, that those who place their faith in Jesus will be raised from the dead. And they go around spreading that hope and helping to help, to help people see God's love so that they can have hope also. I think that's what every church is called to do. As this conversation continues between Jesus and Martha in the Gospel of John, Jesus asks Martha the question that we ended the scripture passage of the reading today on. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, they, they will not die, but they will see life. And then Jesus says to Martha, do you believe this? That is the question for each and every one of us who would claim Jesus as Lord. And that's the question for you now. This idea of resurrection, this idea that Jesus was raised from the dead so we will be raised in the future. Do you believe this? Do you believe what Jesus says when he says, I am the resurrection and the life? Through the power of the Holy Spirit, may our answer be emphatically, Yes, and amen.
Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever save. Worthy of every breath we could ever Build my 
As you go to wherever it is God calls you to, and as you interact with whomever it is God has called you to, may you go in the power of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. May you go hoping in the resurrection to come when Jesus returns. And may you go spreading that hope to anyone God calls you to. May you go in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, and the love of the Father. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Go in peace. Amen. Thank you.